medicina. Brother Johnstone's excited. I'd like to read to you out of the book of Hebrews, the 12th chapter, verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There is a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews tells, of many who have already gone on before us. And the Bible speaks that they wait and watch for us to do our part in our dispensation. And so we see the passing forward from ministry to ministry to ministry through time. John 4 and 35 says, Say not ye... There are yet four months, and then cometh harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look upon the fields. For they are white already to harvest. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. And herein is the saying true. One soweth. And another reapeth. I sent you to reap that whereon you bestowed no labor. Other men labored. And you have entered into their labors. Too often times we dismiss the idea... Of all the things that have gone on before us. Of the prayer that had been sowed for ages of time. The seed that was planted by the the apostles themselves. Those things that have gone on to generation to generation. We read about one man. Sowing seed to one other man. In a chariot. In the middle of a desert. A man from a country called Ethiopia. We don't see any follow up in the scripture. But now that we've lived through the years of time. We have heard and seen the uh, evidence in the videos of. The masses of Ethiopians. Receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Being raised from the dead. And my Bible says it began with one man. One man that left the city. Left Samaria where the revival was. And obeyed the voice of God. And went until the Lord said join yourself to that individual. There are so many things that have been sowed in the kingdom of God. I have to tell you, there were, there's been times when I've reflected to a time when my family and I were down in Sunnyside trying to construct something that we could call a church. Well, by man's standard, it, there was no church. There was a family. My family. 
And then some people that we'd gathered up that didn't even want to be there with us. We tied them to chairs. We begged them. We paid them money. We did all groceries, everything to get them to come. But yet there were times, I remember, in that rented building in the basement that the anointing of God would come upon us and we would minister and declare His rhema in living word knowing this is going somewhere. This is impacting something. And as we continued to sow the seed in that hour, we saw no harvest. It wasn't harvest time. We continued to sow. We moved away from that and I said, we will never do it like that again. It was ridiculous. It was easier to get people to come to your house for coffee and cake. And then end up in a three hour Bible study. Yet we drag our kids down there, set up the keyboard, the speakers, a microphone. To 20 empty chairs. Oh, yes. We're workers together. Yes. Amen. We're workers together with God. And truly, we enter into other men's labors. I'd like to comment here at this juncture. Within the structure of Life Church, we use the term in consideration of congregation leadership, we use the term elder. Okay? As pertaining to leadership of a congregation, we call them congregational elders. We understand them to be shepherds over a flock. We understand that they will do pastoral work we understand that they will also evangelize doing the work of an evangelist and for some possibly sin of God they are apostles but we reference our congregational shepherds as elders okay now Please hear me and receive me when I say this. I mean no judgment on anybody. But in many situations, I've come to see the use of the term pastor as competing managers of franchises. Listen to me. Those are strong words I know. What I have observed over the years within the structure that God has led us Towards is there is no competing. This couple is moving outside of the congregation where Joel Hart is the shepherd, but they are not moving into a position of two competing entities across town. Matter of fact, they will draw strengths from each other, they will lend themselves and help and support to each other. Elder Johnstone is in the same situation with Caleb, with Joel Hart, with myself. We work together. We don't compete against each other. Not at all. Not at all. 
Now, you may, you may think this to be a small element. I've lived a while now. And I'm telling you, there is value and strength when men can come together on a place of I'm waiting for the word it's coming. I like that. Common ground. I was wanting to stay away from the word teamship. Because this isn't a ball game. But there is a camaraderie that takes place. And a strength. I, I don't know if you've noticed it. I notice it when we go and minister together. I notice that there is strength that lends one to the other. So that there, here's what we do is we discredit comparing on any level. Did you hear what I said? Any level. Any level. Now, let me read to you from the scripture. Acts 4 and 20, or 14 and 23, they ordained elders in every church. Titus 1 and 5, they ordained elders in every city. Acts 15 and 22, it was the apostles and elders that sent chosen men to Antioch. Acts 15 and 23, they wrote letters after them by this manner, the apostles and elders and brethren send greetings unto the Gentile believers. So, what I'm telling you is, this is a biblical term. Now, passing the baton. Yep, I'm going to ask for... He is so excited. Brother Johnstone, please, would you come and stand here and hold that baton which represents the ministry of you and your wife, especially concerning this region. I know you've ministered in many areas and for many years in the state of Oregon, but you've been here for a while now. and You've poured out your lives. And this baton is representative to weights that you have carried, burdens that you have carried, sometimes loving the unlovable and caring for all and you have been in a a season of uh, transition and adjustment and this will continue and we want to continue to be a blessing amen to you and you to us your ministry has blessed us so much not just ourselves alone but within the congregations And even when we went to the Philippines, God used you powerfully in the Philippines. And we were so excited to watch that. Brother Flowers and Sister Flowers, I'd like for you to come. And I'm going to give the microphone to Brother John Stone. And if he has things that he wants to speak to them right now in this time, I'm going to ask him to take his liberty. But then he's going to pray for the two of them. Or they too will. I would like to maybe back up just a tiny bit. Uh, I would like to give honor to uh, Bishop Schoonover and his wife. I would like to give honor to Brother Flowers and his wife and grandma today. The reason I want to honor you is is because you raised your children in the ways of the Lord. You raised them with ministry. 
that God would take them somewhere and do something with them. They wouldn't just sit on a pew. They, they wouldn't just attend church, but that ministry would flow out of them. So we honor you tonight for the hours, the time, the dedication, and all the money. Dear Lord, Bible quizzing, all, all of the stuff that it took and travel. But we come to this point because of what you put into your family that we will pass the baton. What I would like is that Brother Caleb would come right in front of me and his wife with him. And I want my wife to hold on to this with me at this moment. Tonight, the anointing that rested on my life 13 years ago to come to this city will lift tonight. I will not have the burden for this city like I did when I came, okay? Because that's going to transfer to you. The burden of discipleship will transfer to you. Tonight, the burden of evangelism, of growing this church to the next level, to the next dimension, will grow. A fresh anointing will come upon your life that God will use you far greater than he used my wife and I. We got it started, but God wants you to take it to the next level, to the next dimension, to, to a place where God is glorified in all that is taking place here. I have so much confidence in you and so much faith because the Lord gave me your name. Not because I picked it out of the sky somewhere and said, I need a young guy to come take the church. We sought God for a long time, and the Lord gave us your name. Ten months ago, we started bringing you in to preach with this in mind, to get to this day and to this hour, to hand this baton to you. Congregation doesn't belong to us. It belongs to the Lord. But the Lord is seeing fit to transfer from us to you because of your youth, your family, you got a beautiful family, wonderful children, and the children and families that will be in this congregation that are here already, you'll, you'll be able to minister to them in a powerful, powerful way. I'm convinced tonight the Lord knows what he's doing. Amen? Yeah. We're going to transfer this to you, and we want you to both grab a hold of it, because it'll be both your ministries. It won't be just Brother Flowers, but you'll play a very, very powerful role in this as you stand by his side. Women will need counsel, they'll need advice, they'll need direction, and God will use you mightily. So this is going to happen. As we begin to pray right now, the anointing shifts from us to you. Father, we come to you tonight in the name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for the time that you have given us here in this for the work that you have allowed to happen in our hearts and in our lives. We're asking you tonight, God, that it would transfer tonight into brother and sister's flowers, Lord, in the name of Jesus. But I pray a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost, Lord God, would move and minister into their hearts and into their lives, God. I pray tonight, God, knowing they know how to pray and seek God. But they would continue to pray and continue to seek God for wisdom, for understanding, for direction, Lord. We ask it in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Thank you for what you're saying. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Go in the name of Jesus. Why don't you stand for a minute? Let's worship the Lord right now. Let's thank the Lord what He is doing. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, we're thankful to you, Lord.
We're thankful to you, Lord. We give you praise and glory. In the name of Jesus, lead us, direct us, establish our way, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. You may be seated. We have a special song at this time from Brother Danny Flowers. This is Caleb's father. What an honor to be here tonight. And I already love this church. It's my first time here, but I already love it. So thankful for what God is doing for you and in this city. The leadership that you have already established. I appreciate Brother Schoonover and his desire to do things the way God wants it done. Uh, I'm just going to say just a, just a word. When he used to, Brother Johnstone was talking about our family and give honor to a lady that's sitting over here on the left, my mother-in-law, and my mom is in a nursing home with dementia. But I remember as a little boy coming home and hearing prayers for her three sons and for their families. Now looking back, I see what God has done. Me and my brothers are ministers. We have seven sons. All of them in the ministry. Six of them pastors, elders. One of them is a youth leader in one of the largest churches in North Texas. That don't come by accident. It comes by devotion. It comes by faith. And asking God, whatever it takes, use them. I want to sing a song tonight. When When I talk about that, asking God to do things, God's power is never in doubt. Never in doubt. The doubting part is always in us. How many times did Jesus say, Thy faith has made thee whole? They would cry out, Jesus, help me. According to your faith, receive it. That same power is in here tonight. So anything that you need tonight, our God has not changed. If you have the faith, you can receive it. Worship the Lord as we sing. We know he's able. Hallelujah. We're all on a journey And we're called to walk by faith There'll always be some mountains And valleys in our way But right here in this moment May our strength be renewed As we recall what God has done And how He's seen us through Is there anybody here who's found him faithful? Anybody here who knows he's able? Say amen. If there's anybody here who's seen his power, 
Anybody here brought through the fire? Say amen. Anybody here found joy in the midst of sorrow? Peace in the storm and hope for tomorrow. And you've seen it time and time again. Just say Amen. Sometimes in the darkness, it gets hard to see. Be bold and courageous and follow where he leads. Because greater is the one who's in us than he who's in the world. So child of God, remember, the battle is the Lord. If there's anybody here who's found him faithful, anybody here who knows he's able. Hallelujah, I feel it right now. Say amen. Oh, if there's anybody here that's seen the fire, anybody here felt his power, say amen. Anybody here found joy in the midst of sorrow, peace in the storm and hope for tomorrow, and you've seen it time and time again, just say Amen. Just stand and testify of the greatness of God in our lives. If there's anybody here who's found him faithful, anybody here who knows he's able, say amen. Brought through the fire. Say amen. Anybody here found joy in the midst of sorrow? Peace in the storm and hope for tomorrow. And you've seen it time and time again. Just say amen. Just say amen. Let's thank him for his power right now. Praise God. You agree with that tonight? Amen. Brother Manuel, you know who you are. I understand you may be able to help take care of some earbuds for interpreting tonight. Praise God. Hallelujah. What a beautiful, precious thing.
thing this is to be a part of and witness tonight. And uh, I would I would be remiss if I didn't pause just a moment and give honor uh, tonight. Um, I told Brother Johnstone when I sat back down there. I said, that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever witnessed in my life. I meant that. It was a beautiful thing. I've seen things different in the past. It didn't look like that. It's a precious thing. So give honor to Brother and Sister Johnstone and their daughter who have given themselves to ministry here. And... uh, you're correct, Brother Johnstone, Sister Johnstone, your ministry is not done. I'd imagine this next chapter may be one of the greatest yet. I praise God. I, um, you know, Bishop reached out to me, asked me about, well, he didn't ask me, but uh, let me know. Um, be taking some time tonight and I had some questions for him and I don't know how he talks to all of you he has a certain way he talks to me vague vague I trust the Lord and he's not I know he's not being coy or anything like that um I think he's just determined, I'm not telling you, you're going to have to wait and pray. And So some of you, if you talk to Bishop and he just tells you straight, then you embrace that. Don't resist that. Just go, thank you, God. And if you don't like straight, just pray for vague and see how that feels. <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. Love and appreciate Bishop and Sister Schoonover very much. And their care for the churches. Amen. I read about Apostle Paul and him talking about all he went through. And then he said, and the care of the churches. And sometimes it's easy to think that they do not have other life events and things and involvements. And, but they're there plus the care of the churches. And thank God for them. And I am going to share some things out of the Word tonight in a few minutes, but I have the microphone right now, so I, uh, I want to talk about Elder and Sister Flowers for a minute. Um, I guess I've known Sister Loren for 23 years. She was a, what I would call a little girl when I first knew her. I guess she was 11, maybe 12. She's not going to acknowledge because then you guys could do math. All the math people could be like, well. And so, uh, and then, of course, I've had the privilege of knowing Brother Flowers since they got married. And so I'll get in trouble trying to do the math. My wife always sets me straight. But, uh, gosh, it's, it's got to be getting, what, how many years? 15? Are you up to 15 now? Is that about right? Yeah? It is 15. Man. I'm older than I thought. <laughs> but um, I have 
I've watched Sister Loren. I, I had the privilege of being a youth leader when she was in the youth group. I don't know why today, as I was thinking about, I'm trying not to ramble, but some of these things are in my heart. I, I was remembering a day, I don't even remember the why now. You know, sometimes we don't have a why, we just know we're supposed to do something, I guess. I don't know why. I remember one day my wife and I asked the Schoonovers if we could pick Lorraine and Kaylee up from school and take them out of school. And Do you remember that? I don't know what that was for. I, I don't know what that was for. We picked them up. We, I think we took them to Seattle. We spent the day. The other kids in the school were probably mad at Sister Schoonover because it was an SSCA. But, but I, I've... I've appreciated the privilege of being connected in the body with Sister Loren for all these years. And, well, we've had some conversations along the journey, and I wouldn't trade any of them. And uh, getting to know Elder Flowers these last, well, I know 15 years, but really we've had the privilege of working beside each other the last almost three years. I guess it was late August of 17 when the Lord graced us in Selah with the Flowers family coming to be with us. And so we've witnessed, and many of the people that are here tonight from the Selah congregation can bear witness, we've received of the ministry that has flowed through each of their lives. Uh, Elder Flowers, we've, We've witnessed anointed teaching and ministry that has challenged us, that has fed us. And there's an anointing that rests on him, and God gives him great insight into the word, and it's ministered into my own life many times. I'm thankful for that. It's going to be a blessing to this congregation, I'm certain. Yes, amen. And we've received of the ministry and the anointing that comes on Sister Flowers when she would play and worship. And we don't take that for granted. I'll miss the opportunity to be right down in front of her on the keyboard and singing off key and throwing her off. But I know that was one of her favorite things. And so we love them very, very much. Um, I'm excited for them. I'd, I'd be dishonest if I didn't tell you it's slightly bittersweet. I don't know if you understand that. We're releasing you. Um, but maybe a little bit begrudgingly. We love you. We believe in you. And I promise you, we remain prayerful with you. I'd like you to go with me in the word of God tonight. I um, I wrestled a little bit over the last couple of weeks thinking about, praying about, waiting on the Lord for this evening. Matter of fact, I even expressed to Bishop, I said, you know, Bishop, I'm just going to be honest, it's a little awkward for me. Um, and 
He said, well, you just do your part. You'll be the only one speaking, and I'll, I'll do my part. And yeah, bait. <laughs> and uh, I don't know how you process things, um, but I... I went through, you know, you go through thoughts about thinking about, well, what's, what's the occasion? You want the right words for the occasion. You, you don't want to make light of it in any way. You recognize the, uh, I don't know if this is the right words, the solemnity of the occasion. You recognize those things. And then also the blessing and the rejoicing and the celebration of the occasion. And then probably my paternal nature Starts thinking about, man, you know, there's some, probably some things I just need to tell them. I know that really shocks you, Lauren. But, or Sister Flowers, sorry. Um, and I, I, I went through all those things in my thoughts and in prayer. And, and uh, of course, I determined, Lord, I only want to say what you want. And so, I believe by the grace of God, we've landed here, and we'll see what this sounds like. Exodus chapter 4. Exodus chapter 4. Brother Timothy, I'll try to make it easy on you. I imagine that when I'm done there, we'll probably jump to 2 Kings chapter 4, I think is the right chapter. Exodus chapter 4. If you were to read chapter 3 of Exodus, you would find that there was a burning bush experience that took place. And Moses, who was taking care of sheep, turned aside to see. He was, even though he was running or living in the wilderness, tending sheep, he was still always drawn to the supernatural. Never stopped turning and paying attention to the supernatural and a bush burning but not being consumed with supernatural. And so he took notice. Of course, the Lord began talking to him. And then we pick up in chapter 4 where Moses began talking to the Lord. It's something about God called men and women. We have a tendency to want to tell God things he may not know. I'm sure elders and sister flowers have never done that, but you may be tempted to along the journey. So just in case. And Moses answered and said, but behold, they will not believe me. Nor hearken to my voice. For they will say. The Lord hath not appeared unto thee. See, Moses was concerned about how people would receive him. He revealed this concern in the first verse there. They will not believe me. They won't listen to me. And they'll say the Lord hasn't appeared to you. He was concerned with how people would perceive him. 
And so verse 2. Notice the Lord's response to that concern, those concerns. The Lord said to him, what is that in thine hand? And he said, a rod. Then go with me to 2 Kings. Isn't that just a great answer to a question like he asked? What's in your hand? A rod? What does that have to do with anything I just told you, Lord? It's going to feel that way some days. What does that have to do with anything I just told you? I, I, I got a rod in my hand. As though the Lord didn't know what it was in his hand. 2 Kings chapter 4. Problem with carrying a small Bible is the print small. Verse 1. Now there cried a certain woman of the wives of the sons of the prophets to Elisha, saying, Thy servant, my husband, is dead. And thou knowest that thy servant did fear the Lord. And the creditors come to take unto him my two sons to be bondmen. And Elisha said unto her, What shall I do for thee? Tell me. What hast thou in the house? And she said, Thine handmaid hath not anything in the house, save a pot of oil. Um, I don't know if this is just for the flowers tonight. I'm not trying to preach or teach at you. Or maybe for all of us in some form or fashion... But uh, I feel like the Lord would like to just talk to us a few minutes based on where we are and where we're going and his plan and all of it. Could you pray with me again? Lord Jesus Christ, my God and my Father, it's certain that we can do absolutely nothing without you. But I am confident in your word that with you all things are. Possible. I trust and hope in you. For you are God. Your arm it is not short. Your spirit it is not slack. There is nothing that is too hard for you. And so this night I pray by your word and by your spirit. Divine impartation. According to the knowledge and the wisdom of God. That which is needful and necessary for what you have ordained. In the name of Jesus Christ I pray. Amen. So it's, it's unique to me in these passages of scripture. I don't have any deeply revelatory thoughts. But we find Moses faced with a calling. It was a calling that had been on his life his entire life. No doubt when even Pharaoh's daughter named him, there was an identification of the calling. I would submit to everyone and especially to Caleb and Loren that before you were born there was calling on your life. And the Lord knew it and destined and ordained it. Moses was such, and of 
course, his name given by Pharaoh's daughter meant drawn out. She said because she drew him out of the water. Of course, it was the Lord directing her thoughts because the Lord knew one day this man will draw my people out of bondage. And so there will be things in our life that at the moment seem trivial, but in the span of time there becomes understanding and revelation that God knew all along the way. God prepared all along the way. God put things in all along the way. God knew where this would bring me. And I haven't arrived here without His knowledge. And I haven't arrived here ill-equipped for what He intends to do. And His timing is right. His plan is right. And His choosing is always right. His choosing is always right. So there is Moses explaining to God what he may not know. We realize in reading Exodus 4 that Moses had some insecurities. Any humans in the room? Some of you don't even know you are. Yeah. Moses was one of us. He had insecurities. And and I believe that when God calls us, there will almost always be insecurities. Because God never calls us to something we could do ourselves. And so those things that seem like insecurities are protections that God gives us. So that we remain in a posture that calls out to Him. So Moses expressed his concerns to God about his inabilities as he shared them. And the Lord's response was clear and certain. Moses, what's in your hand? Notice the Lord chose to work with what he already knew Moses had. Moses may have had some ideas about what he needed to take place before he could really walk in and fulfill all that God intended. But the reality was everything he needed had already been put in him and anything else he needed would be provided in the appropriate time. But until that time, all that was necessary was what was in his hand. And so the Lord was drawing a clear message to Moses saying, Moses, whatever you got right now, I can work with. If you're willing to listen to me, if you're willing to follow me, if you're willing to simply take the instruction I give, I can work with who you are and what you've got. Don't fall into the trap of thinking you need this and you need that. Well, when this happens and if that happens and if somebody would do this, then Moses, what is in your hand? That's what I'll work with. Moses said, I got a rod. What's a rod going to do? The Lord said, throw it down. You know what the Lord was doing right there with Moses? You said, well, he was revealing to him the power of God and when he threw the rod down. Well, sure, absolutely. I think he was doing something greater than that. I think he was revealing to Moses the power of simple obedience when he responded to the word of God. I don't understand. It's just a rod. Just throw it down, Moses. Okay. Now, that might have been easy. 
I mean, throw the rock down. Simple obedience. And it became a snake. That's amazing. This really happened, you know. It became a serpent. And then the Lord said, Moses, yeah, pick it up. Oh, 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 Lord, let's talk about this a minute, Lord. Throwing rods down, I can do that, God. Picking up snakes, not in my resume. I believe the principle was simple obedience. It was simple to throw down a rod. Moses was human. Moses was human. Anybody here like snakes? I'm going to pray for you. In Jesus' name. And I, I've just got to believe, I'm not trying to add to Scripture, but I've just got to believe there might have been a moment of hesitation. Like, did I hear right? I'm not saying like he questioned God, but I just think maybe just a moment. He was human. But simple obedience, and we of course know when we read the Scriptures... That it was the self-same rod that he stretched out over the Red Sea and the water parted. It was the self-same rod with which he smote the rock and waters came out. It was what was in his hand. We read in 2 Kings of the woman whose husband had died. Tragic story, no doubt. Two sons, she was left with debt. She had to deal with it. She was dependent upon her sons to work in that time. They would be the ones that would work to care for her now that her husband was gone. And so she cries out to the prophet. And he says, what do you want me to do? And she shares her story with him. And so he asks the simple question, what's in your house? I don't know how long it took her to do an inventory. Probably not very long because her response was, there's nothing I don't have anything in my house. Oh, save a pot of oil. Notice, we didn't read the rest of it. We don't have to. Many of you know the story, but just in case you don't. The prophet told her, tell your sons to go borrow empty vessels, not a few. They went, got all the empty vessels from their village that they could find, brought them, and he said, now take Those empty vessels in there, take your pot of oil in there, shut the door behind you and begin to pour out. And of course, she began to pour out of that one pot of oil and it filled all the vessels until there was no more pots, no more vessels. And the Bible says the oil stayed. The principle is simple and clear. The need... Of the hour was met with what was already in her house. Oftentimes in ministry, in our lives as children of God, we often begin appealing to God for what we believe we need to do the will of God, to do the work of God, to walk in the ministry of God, to be used of God. To all we have all these lists, all these things. We're human, remember, all of us. And we pray for these things and we ask for these things. But I see a principle established in the word of God. We can keep going. We won't tonight. Where the Lord simply says, I'm not interested in what you think you need. 
I'm interested in your confidence in me to work with what you have. Do you understand when God is with you, a rod is enough. When God is with you, a simple pot of oil and nothing else is enough. When God is with you, it doesn't matter how full or empty the cupboard. When God is with you, it doesn't matter how affluent or lack of affluent. When God is with you, it doesn't matter the level of skill or talent or you fill in the blank. When God is with you, what you have in your hand is enough. And the voice of the Lord would arrest our hearts and would draw us into a place of faith and trust in Him that says, Lord, this is what I have. And here I am with what I have. I trust Your Word. I receive You at Your Word. Take what I have. Use who I am with what I have. It's enough for You. What's in your hand and what's in your house? I, I remember, I reflect on being an 18-year-old boy. If you're an 18-year-old here and you said, he said, boy, I was an 18-year-old boy. And I remember having my heart set. I don't know that it was set for the right reasons, but I had my heart set on going to California and going to Bible school, me and my best friend, we had all of our plans laid out. And uh, life decided differently for me. And so I remember sitting in the small office with my pastor at the time in Missouri. And, you know, he probably thought I was just quite the whiny case. I mean, he didn't say that. But looking back, I just think, man, God gave him so much grace. I was sitting there telling him how terrible it was, you know, just he's listening and he's probably thinking, kid, you don't have a clue. But he made this. I was working with Walmart at the time and he made this statement. He said, you know, Joe, he said, the Lord can teach you a whole lot more about working with people at Walmart than you might ever learn at Bible school. Maybe you need to just stay at Walmart. Well, I didn't have any options. I mean, because I liked eating and living indoors. Uh, Walmart, to me, was not the answer for what was needful for God to do in my life. What he, right, because God doesn't always know. I'm being facetious in case somebody got nervous there. But in my mind, I couldn't understand. I had this idea of this is what's necessary for God to use me. This is what I knew there was a calling of God on my life. Like, like those of you sitting in this room and up here, you know there's a calling of God on your life. But we get these predetermined ideas because of Religious tradition, the expectations of men, our own expectations. Notice I didn't say anything about God's expectations there. But we get these ideas and all these things fill our mind about, well, this is the way I need to and this is what should happen and this is what should be. And then I can and we start dictating to God on what He needs to do to accomplish His will through our lives. 
not realizing what's happening is we're entertaining the thoughts of the adversary so that our faith could be robbed rather than allowing God to infuse us with faith and a confidence that where we are and what we have is everything He needs. Everything. 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 And so tonight, if you can stand with me. I told Bishop I wasn't going to take long. I probably took longer already. Elder and Sister Flowers. You have more than a rod in your hand. This I know. God's given you guys many gifts and talents. I've witnessed them through the years. I've watched the maturing process in your lives. I've watched the anointing of God settle upon you. You yield to it. I've watched your sensitivity to the voice of God grow. I've watched you responding to the voice of God at times when I, I'm not sure you even knew you were. I don't mean that in a bad way if that sounded bad. It's a beautiful thing. And this chapter ahead, because you're human, there may be times that in humanity you would question, man, I don't, I don't know, do I have what? I need to, this great responsibility that's coming to me. I would submit to you in full confidence. You have everything you need. Everything. It's in your hand. God's put it there. You may not even realize fully what all's there yet. There's things I've seen along the journey and I've wondered. Well, it's there for a reason, Lord. I'm not sure what yet. I'm not sure why yet. It's not my job to figure all that out. A little side note, it's not your job to figure all that out. You put it there, Lord. I believe in this season you'll begin to see some of those things you didn't even realize God put in your spirit. And in a moment of need, the Lord will draw it out in his infinite wisdom and power. And you'll recognize. I remember when. I just thought it was a passing moment and a touch and I... God saw down the road. God saw where I could not see. And every circumstance, the troubles, the pain, the hurts, even the joys, the rejoicings, the, all the parts of the journey to this point. 
every part God is that detailed that concerned he's, he's that in tune with everything needed to be there all along the journey he's been, what he's been doing he's been putting in putting in putting in see in the garden the scripture says the Lord formed man we read that and we read that as though that was a one time deal but it was an introduction. It was the beginning. It was, a, it was a revelation of exactly how God works and the character and nature of God. And God's desire is to ever be forming man. He's ever forming, ever forming. From the womb to the grave, He's ever forming. And so in the days of life ahead, you'll begin to realize in ministry that God has been forming all of that. And you'll, you'll reflect on this and that. And it was the forming of God and the wisdom of God shaping. It was the Apostle Paul declaring to the church, My little children of whom I travail in birth again. Until... Christ be formed in you. Whatever's in your hand and whatever's in your house, if you'll trust it to God, it's more than enough. Would you pray with me tonight? Before we transition into the next portion here, which is a charge and a prayer, because of the spirit of ministry that is taking place in here, I want to open this altar. It's not going to extend through the rest of the night. It's going to be 10 minutes. Okay? But some of you need to come. You need to come and acknowledge the expressions that have been made to you by the Spirit of God. This eternal truth that has been uttered concerning God being able to use us with what it is that we have and erasing some of the mindsets that plague our minds, you need to come and make an acknowledgement as our musicians and singers minister through song. For the next 10 minutes, this altar is open. Please come and avail yourself. Come on, he wants to use you. It's his plan. It's his will. Come on, let there be a continuance. Let your faith be extended to him.
around somebody might need your help right now
we can make our way back to our seats in just a few moments. to call for Caleb and Loren Flowers to come and stand down here. Maybe you could just face me. I would like to call for the ministering teams of both Sela and Union Gap. If you're a part of the ministry team, would you come? I'd like for the women to come on this side and the men to come on this side. Uh, Brother Flowers and Flowers, please come. Samiko and Tara from Kent, Loxamanas. If you're a part of the ministry team out of any of these congregations, I hope I haven't missed anybody here. He knows where he's at. They're calling for Mark Kendrick, please. Okay. I'll give this to you. So now I'd like to call for the families of these two, if you're here. Flowers families come all the way up from Memphis. Please come. The kids, children, why don't you come stand by your mom and dad? Make a spot for them. Get them in here. This involves everybody. <laughs> We have a charge in the scripture from the Apostle Paul to his son in the gospel, Timothy. I'm reading out of 2 Timothy chapter 3. This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers. What a description of this world. False accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That's where we are. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. We 
We need the leading of the Lord in ministry. And sometimes as much as we need to be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Ghost to engage, we need a sensitivity of the Holy Ghost to know when not to. I'm not sure that set well with everybody here. That's the word of God. Jumping down to verse 13. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse. Deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. And hast been assured of. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Timothy had an understanding that it was God that sent an apostle Paul into his life. I'm disturbed at times when people are out there looking for mentors. Denying those very individuals that God sent into their lives. I questioned God years ago when I was living in New Jersey. 15 minutes from a United Pentecostal church in Trenton, New Jersey. And why would God feel the need to send me 3,000 miles across the country and end up sitting at 1118 McKinley under Brother Daniel Leslie? Because God chose somebody for that season in my life that his would be a dominating voice that I would listen to. It was his or my wife's. And sometimes both at the same time. I know we're chuckling. Everybody knows, everybody needs to know where they belong. Let me say something about that. Within the structure of Life Church, on the other side, we have two congregations within 20 minutes of each other. And when somebody comes inquiring or asking, you know, I've been thinking, you know, they meet a guy in the other congregation. I have a burden for that city. That's how they start the conversation. Of course, we've been watching already, you know. But you know, there's, there's communication between the elders concerning these things because we take it serious, the idea or uh, concept of oversight that God gives by the Holy Ghost. And so we need to know who our shepherd is. God operates. He comes down and pours through and gives wisdom from Him. Not just a better idea. And so we understand these principles. And sometimes it is right in the right time and the will of God. But within this structure, there's agreement. There's a tremendous value to this. Second Timothy, I'm jumping to the second Timothy, uh, 
chapter 4, the next chapter. I charge you, therefore, before God. And the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season. And out of season. Re- reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth. We had a tremendous opportunity today at a funeral. To try to help some people reach back to their roots, their doctrinal roots. They shall turn away their ears from truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Endure afflictions. Do the work of an evangelist. Make full proof of your ministry. I'd like for us to pray for the two of you. Anoint with oil. Brother John Stone has the oil here. We will pray in agreement. Laying hands upon them, those who can, those who will. Sister Johnstone, please come in here. It's important for you to be here. Let's begin to pray and yield to the Holy Ghost. Come on. We pray your anointing, Father. We pray your blessing, Father. We pray your divine leadership, O God. In the name of Jesus. Performing that which you will. Through these vessels lent to you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You are worthy of praise, Lord. We look to you for all things. You are all in all. Jesus, it's in you that we live and move and have our being, Father. We are debtors to you. We are debtors to you, Father. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, Jesus, we're thankful to you. We're thankful to you, Father. We're thankful to you, Father. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank every one of you for coming tonight and being a part of this very special occasion. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Why don't you all be seated? We got one more thing to do here. We'd like to honor brother and sister John Stone here tonight. I'm asking my wife to come up. Let's come right here. 
Sister Johnstone, come join your husband. I'm going to ask my wife. Well, let me see this. Your lives have impacted us. Your ministries. The way we've watched you work with every and any soul. I've enjoyed so much ministering alongside you. I mean, I love it. I love it. I look forward to the future, working together. I was reflecting on the day in, our, in my pickup when we were driving up to the mall. And you asked me what you did about praying about Loren and Caleb. I so respect your humility and your agreement in that moment when I, said, when I asked, let's pray about this. And we waited together. As we have communicated about this over this last 10 months, 12 months, or however long it's been, the seamless conversations, I, I am marveled by it. You know, wherever humanity exists, you expect a little resistance from time to time. We've observed nothing like that. And I think the Lord has just helped us and we just followed his lead. I deeply appreciate the both of you. My wife has a few things that she would like to give to you. This is just the beginning of honoring you. And just the beginning and the continuance of working with you in the ministry. It has been such a joy. I got to know you because your son married my daughter. And then we had a grandchildren together. And it's been fun being the other grandma. And now working with you, one together, like we have so closely in the last couple of months has been tremendous. And I'm so thankful that I, that we have friends and, um, we would like to, um, we heard that you like to go to Cannon Beach, Oregon, and here's a gift card, um, for, uh, f five to six to seven nights. And, um, whenever you want to make the appointment, and then an offering. And um, I look forward to the day I know, I know about pastoring. And I hear that you have a truck and you're gonna buy a camper. And I look forward to the day that we go camping together. Um, so God bless you. Yeah, but it's always been hard to get away. Who can get away when you're pastoring? And um, I look forward to the day you can just pull out of town, even on a Sunday, should you like. And uh, please accept this from us. And um, on the go forward, I'm just so excited to work um, for the kingdom of God and along your side. God bless you. I, I would like Elder Flowers to come and close this. 
and just give us what's on his heart tonight as he's taking the direction of this thing. Love you, President. Why don't we stand together? Let's pray. Jesus, we're thankful for your presence that we felt here in such a mighty way. Father, we could never repay you for all that you've done for each one of us, Lord, but we are privileged to be a part of your kingdom. We are privileged, Lord, to be standing here in your holy presence, and we're thankful for it, God. We're thankful for it, God. Jesus, you are so good to us. Why don't we just express gratitude for a moment? Father, you are so good to us. You are so good to us, Jesus. We're thankful for it, God. We're thankful for it, God. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I give you praise. Hallelujah to your name, Jesus. All thanks and glory be unto you. In the name of Jesus. Amen. I thank you all for being here tonight. It's wonderful to see you all, and I, I just look everywhere across the room, and I see how blessed I am, and I'm thankful for that. We love you, and you are dismissed in Jesus' name. Greet one another.